Welcome to College Football Live, presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. The beautiful thing about sports, you can see somebody come up to the moment. You can see a team come together. You can see the epic happen. And when it happens live, Touchdown! even if it was scripted pregame, you would have said, no, nah, that couldn't happen. Oh, he has trouble with the snap. Unbelievable. That's what I love about sports. Goosebumps. Time to come out of the tunnel and the Big Ten is doing it in a big way. Week zero conference matchup between Nebraska and the Illini, led by their brand new head coach, Brett Bielema. Remember? Lionel, the only lone program in the Big Ten to have a new coach in 2021. But Brett knows a little something about that conference. He won two titles back in his Wisconsin days. 3.30 on Saturday, we get the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. What a great nickname, right? Versus UCLA, Chip Kelly, gear four out of L.A. As the coach of the Bruins, taking on Hawaii. UCLA looking to improve to 4-0 all-time in that series. And prime time on ESPN. Heck of a matchup. Alcorn State versus North Carolina Central in the Cricket Miak Swack Challenge kickoff. Finally get to see these two teams face off. Remember, both canceled their planned spring season. College game day will be there, and the boys are ready for the spotlight. I think for a lot of us, we've never looked more forward to the debut of college football than we will this time around. Young men are excited, and when we recruited them, we tell them that you're going to have the opportunity to play in a large state. It's very special, especially being on ESPN and Having all that kind of spotlight on us, HBCU is up and coming. Just getting a chance to have opportunity to show the talent that we have that you might not get to show on a regular Saturday. We kick off college football week zero on ESPN. It's a cool experience. Me and my teammates are so excited. I'm excited about that. Excited to be back on uh, College Football Live. Peter Burns, Sam Acho, Desmond Howard is going to be joining us in a little bit. But, Sam, all right, week zero, man. Normally we get kind of just creeping into the season. No, not in the Big Ten. They throw a huge conference matchup. Give me the big reason why you cannot wait to see Huskers and Illini. Well, first of all, football's back. College football back is back, and who can be more excited? But what I'm most excited about seeing is the battle up front. This is Big, tw- Big Ten football at its finest. You got some dogs on the offensive line of Illinois. You got some players who are NFL ready, Alex Falteski and company. Vidarian Lowe, another guy, a senior. Doug Kramer at center. These guys are NFL ready. Brett Bielema has won at every level. So you got those O-linemen versus Nebraska's returning D-linemen as well with uh, DeAndre Thomas and Damian Dan- Daniels. Obviously, I play D-line, so I want to see the trenches, the battle. That's what I'm most excited about seeing in this game coming up in week zero. You, you remember Brett Bielema when he was over at Arkansas. He put his whole offensive line on the media guy. Des, all right, talk to me, my man. Like, Give me the reason why you're so excited to see this uh, Nebraska-Illinois matchup. I tell you what, guys, this game is going to be, I think, a classic because you're looking at what Nebraska brings to the team, to the, to the game, right? Adrian Martinez, I think he's going to be out to make a statement. He's really struggled the past two seasons. Listen, 2019, he threw 10 touchdown passes, but 
he threw nine interceptions. And then last year, four touchdown passes and three interceptions. His freshman campaign was outstanding. He's going to be out to prove a point. And not, I haven't even brought up the, um, the fumbles yet, so he cannot turn the ball over. I think he's going to be out to prove a point that he's better than the, co the quarterback we've seen recently. This is going to be a great game. And then, of course, Brett Bielema. Back in the Big Ten, man, I can't wait for this matchup. <laughs> Remember last year, it was the Illini that won 41-23, five turnovers for them in yep. that game. That was a difference exactly. maker. All right, Des, let's start. Uh, let's go West Coast now. Hawaii, UCLA, what gets you excited about that Week Zero matchup? I tell you what, you know, you're looking at Hawaii, you're looking at UCLA, and obviously Chip Kelly is the big story in this game. Chip Kelly hasn't won more than four games since he's been at UCLA. We all thought that when he returned to the Pac-12, there was going to be fireworks at UCLA. We have yet to see those yet come out of his uh, football program. I think Dorian Thompson-Robinson, though, he's going to be the guy to keep an eye on. He hasn't played a full season because of injuries every year he's been there, and then he missed half of training camp, too. If he comes out and plays like he's been playing when he's healthy, then this is going to be a great game for UCLA. But I tell you what, he's going to have to last the whole season for, my, for Chip Kelly to have a great year. Yeah, and I'm most excited about seeing Britton Brown and Zach Charbonnet. So you got the you talked about the quarterback, but this running game is phenomenal. UCLA is the 12th ranked rushing team in yards per game in the NCAA. So, yes, Chip Kelly, offensive mind, offensive genius, but they got some big backs in the backfield. That dude right there is Zach Charbonnet. He was one of the first freshmen uh, to go play running back at Michigan, scored 12 touchdowns freshman year. Like, he's dominant. He went to US, UCLA and transferred there for a reason. Britton Brown, he transferred from, uh, from where he was at for a reason. And so I think I'm excited about seeing those running backs go and dominate the game. And don't forget about the defense, too. Chip's got 11 starters coming back on that defense. Should be a little bit better. But, the, guys, there's a lot of pressure on both of these coaches because these are big-time programs. And, and when you look at it right now, neither Chip Kelly nor Scott Frost have been able to achieve that similar success that they had back in the day. Kelly, 10-21 and 21 at UCLA. And Frost, 12-20 and 20 at Nebraska. So, Sam... Who needs it more? Is it Chip or is it Scott? Yeah, it's got to be Scott Frost for me. Not only has he been struggling on the field, but there are also so many off the field issues. Nebraska is currently under investigation. We don't know what's going to happen with that, but that's a problem, number one. Number two, people have been leaving this program. In the last 10 days, two guys have transferred from the team. And since 2019, the transfer cycle, they've lost 54 players, 54. And so something is not working for Scott Frost and Nebraska. Something is not working. Players are leaving. They're not winning. I think he's on the hot seat. I tell you what, Sam, I, I have to disagree with you because I think that when you look at what's going on up there with uh, Nebraska, you know, Scott Frost is beloved, though, so they want to see him do well. He has a connection there, an emotional connection to that university, to that fan base. Chip Kelly doesn't have that emotional connection to UCLA and their fan base and their alumni. So I think he cannot afford to lose this game. He's on the hot seat. And, you know, like I say, when you think, think about Chip Kelly, think about the Oregon Ducks, right? Think about this high-octane offense. No one cared about what happened to Chip Kelly when he was in the NFL because he's in college now. Your last memories of him in college was how he had this high-octane offense, and that's what the expectations were when he, at UCLA. So I think I will have to go with Chip Kelly, not Scott Frost. Uh, you know, and, and the college game is definitely caught up. Everybody's trying to play that old-school Oregon style of football for Chip. But real quick, does UCLA's got LSU coming into the Rose Bowl in, in week one, really. How, you know, big and important is it to get a game underneath your belt before a huge non-conference opponent? 
I believe it's very um, advantageous if you can get a game under your belt before a big opponent because now you get to see where your kinks are, you know, things you may want to fix, things you may want to correct, and now you see who you can depend on too. So anytime you can get film on your own team, it's called self-scouting. My man Sam is very aware, aware of that, and that's what you want to do. You want to self-scout your team and then see what changes you can make before you play a big, a big school like uh, LSU. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I would, I would disagree a little bit only because I think the self-scouting actually hurts UCLA. Why? Because now a school like LSU <laughs> has all the film. They know, they know exactly what you're going to do. They know who are the stars of your team. There are no more question marks, no uncertainty. I think that, yes, it's advantageous that you get a game out from under your belt, but also LSU's watching this film, and they know exactly how to attack you from an offensive, defensive, and a special teams perspective. Everybody, I'm just getting goosebumps, boys. College football is back, and it's right here. It's going to be happening. By the way, kind of random stat, Chip Kelly's never won a non-conference game over at UCLA. He'll start trying to do that coming up tomorrow. we got a lot more yes. on college football live, including, all right, Otto, you know your boy. Steve Sarkeesian, he's over there in Austin. So which Texas quarterback is he going to make look like a Heisman frontrunner early? We'll talk about that and a huge development when it comes to college football playoff expansion. One that might leave the expansion idea dead in the water? We'll explain next on College Football Live. College Football Live is presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. by Sam Howell. And off to the races goes Justin Ross. Did anybody even touch Kayvon Thibodeau? Two in the end zone! Touchdown, Miami! Welcome back, College Football Live. Steve Sarkeesian still looking to find out who's going to take the lead in the QB1 battle for the Texas Longhorns. Sark saying this week still hasn't decided between Hudson Carter, Casey Thompson, who's going to get that coveted start for the new Longhorns era in Austin when they take on the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana. So let's take a look at today's more driven players presented by Goodyear. So who's going to get that starting out in the 40 acres? Casey Thompson, remember, threw Texas bowl game record four touchdown passes in the Longhorns Alamo Bowl victory over Colorado or Hudson Card, who really talented. I mean, the, the highlights have been fantastic. Number two ranked dual threat quarterback in the 2020 ESPN 300. Sam, all right, come on, give us a scoop. Name the starter right now. Uh, you know, who's Sark telling you that he, he, he gave it a nod to week one? Well, it's funny. I got a chance to talk with Sark this morning, and we still couldn't get it out of him even this morning. So we don't know. I think the competition is close, right? Casey Thompson is a proven leader. He proved it last year in the Alamo Bowl. But I think I lean towards Hudson Card. He's got the arm talent. There's a throw that he made. In the, in, here's this throw right here in the spring game. I was there watching this throw. Like, that's the throw that NFL-type quarterbacks make. So throws like that get you excited about guys like Hudson Card. Obviously, Casey Thompson, he's phenomenal as well. They have a different skill set. But when I think about Steve Sarkeesian and what he's trying to do at quarterback and for that offense, I think Hudson Card is the way to go. When you look at it, Dez, on, on that situation, by the way, and I completely disagree with you, I think it should be Casey Thompson after what he saw in the Alamo Bowl <laughs> last year, but that's uh, agree to disagree. What, what are the expectations? You know, what, what do we think is success for Sark in that first year, Dez? Yeah, well, I agree with you. I think it should be Casey Thompson, too. But um, I think when you look at how you're going to measure success, it's bigger and more than just 
wins than losses. It's about productivity. It's about progress. You want to make sure that you're measuring the, the, the success of the team by the little things, the small things that they do from week to week to week. Is that You have to keep in mind, this is a new coaching staff. They have new philosophies. They're installing new offenses and defenses, things like that. And you have to get used to the language. So for a first-year head coach, it's bigger than wins and losses. It's about progression from week to week. And, of course, like Sam would tell you, the Oklahoma game. It is. It is. And, and, and to that point, it's about <laughs> culture. Like, it's building that culture. Yes, eight wins would be huge. Yes, beating Oklahoma would be big. But I think about the culture, Des, to your point of saying, you know what, we're going to build a winning brand. It's not just about the numbers. Though those matter, year one, it's about building that winning brand again. Uh, the Billy Napier has got a squad down there. No, hey, trust me, Sam Pittman, he's all ready for week two. They're talking about storming the film if, if they beat uh, Texas in that matchup. Looking forward to that. Uh, all right, so we started talking about the college football landscape, and now it starts getting extremely, extremely interesting, right? West Virginia President Gordon Gee said no longer in favor of expanding the college football playoff to 12 teams. During an interview with the West Virginia student newspaper, the Member of the College Football Board of Managers said he was a, once a strong advocate for the 12-team playoff, but it's changed his mind. He said, quote, I think it's on life support, that is, for expansion. I have one of the votes, and I think it nearly needs to be unanimous. I'm not voting for it. I think the Big Ten will not vote for it. Pac-12 will probably not vote for it either. It's one of those ideas that I think was very good when there was stability. When there's instability, the idea becomes less appropriate. Now, remember, ESPN learned that the board vote has to be unanimous. So if there's one vote, this thing is all done out of the window. Sam, what do you make of Guy and, his, and what he's saying about this? Yeah, well, I mean, it just so, it goes to show that trust is everything. If you think about this, like Greg Sankey is the one who's been saying, hey, let's expand the playoffs. We'll do it for the good of everyone. And all of a sudden, now the SEC adds Texas and Oklahoma into what some people see as a super conference. And so people like George Klyovkov, the, the uh, commissioner of the Pac-12, is saying, hey, I don't know about this. Let's slow down. Even though he said he's still in favor of an expanded playoffs, they just want to take it slow. And if I'm a commissioner, I, I also want to take it slow as well. There were a lot of conversations that were going on behind closed doors. We don't know about those conversations. So I want to take it slow and really evaluate the landscape before I, before I make any quick or rash decisions. Des? <laughs> Sam talked about taking it slow. When I first heard about the uh, playoff expansion, I started to do my homework and my research. And I found out that this group is a small group of men who, used, who took two years they took two years to come up with this plan. We're talking about meetings and hotel, and airport hotels and things of that nature. And they were so proud that nobody leaked it in two years. And I said, you know what they need to do with that right now? Flush it all down the toilet. Because when you start talking about conference realignment, all that's out the window. That was all for not at this point. So it makes perfect sense that he would say that people won't vote for it because you cannot predict now the future of college football. You don't know which teams are going to be where. So how could you ever talk about an expansion of the college football playoff when you don't know how the conferences are going to be aligned? Well, it's changed, and all the commissioners obviously now are brand new to the party, and they're like, hey, we want at least a say, which I completely understand. But, Des, how about looking at this? If you're Gordon and you're president of West Virginia in the Big 12, kind of waiting to figure out what happens, don't you hold a card that says, hey, I'll come onto your side. Maybe you give me a little ACC invite, and I'll come on move over there. I mean, could this be a way to kind of use that as leverage to get a, a, a big alliance invite for West Virginia? I tell you what, you have to have something that people value if you're going to make a statement like that. And the Big, the Big 12 Conference took a huge blow 
as far as the value of the conference when Texas and Oklahoma said, hey, um, we're out. We're going to the mm -hmm. SEC. So I don't know if he has the leverage now to make that type of statement or to make that type of demand. It's uh, never a dull moment in the offseason. Luckily, we actually have some football to talk about, including a big week one matchup, for, week zero matchup, I should say, for Scott Frost. And, hey, he's ready. But the question is, is his team ready? Gene Wojciechowski had a chance to talk to him. And is this a team that could get them over the hump? Find out next on College Football Live. You are watching College Football Live, presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. College Football Live is presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. It's time for college football. Oh my God, we're back again. Brother, sisters, everybody sing. Oh, I can't wait to see Lee Corso back on campus uh, and college football season starts this weekend. 16th annual MEAC SWAC Challenge kickoff is Saturday. Alcorn State uh, squaring off against NC Central and Center Park Stadium and Atlanta and Jay Walker, Tiffany Green, get us ready for that big challenge. Let's roll. Thanks so much, Peter. You know, it's been a lot of buildup to this game, nearly two years since these teams got on the field. And when I talked to the players this week, they gave us a sense of let's not talk about it. Let's be about it. For North Carolina Central, they feel like they can be a contender in the MEAC. Meanwhile, Alcorn State, they feel like they've got some unfinished business here in Atlanta. Yeah, let's talk about these dudes behind us right now because you talk about a team that is pumped up with unfinished business. It's these guys right here. For the past three years, they've been the runners-up for the HBCU National Championship. That simply is not enough for Coach Fred McNair and the Alcorn State Braves. They've got big things. They're starting the season here in Atlanta, and they want to end it with the championship in the Celebration Bowl to give them a national championship. North Carolina Central, change has been in the air there. Head coach Trey Oliver finally feels like in his second season, he's got the right squad he needs to compete for a Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference Championship. We'll see when they play it out on the field, and having running back Isaiah Todden really helps their cause. Now let's pull out big picture because one of the biggest storylines in the offseason, Deion Sanders going to Jackson State, Eddie George at Tennessee State. How can they add to the rich HBCU legacy? Lending their star power has been the biggest thing I think you get from Eddie George, Deion Sanders, give credit to Tyrone Wheatley up at Morgan State as well. The fact that they're willing to say, you know what, this is a product that can play, they're legitimate, and if you want to go pro, why not learn from one of the greatest to ever lace it up in Eddie George and Deion Sanders? Well, the dudes who will be lacing it up on the field, there are going to be a number of names to look out for. Give me a couple. Start off with a quarterback. Everybody loves a quarterback, and in the HBCU football world, a Quill Glass is that guy. He is an NFL caliber quarterback from Alabama A&M on the watch list for the best college quarterback in the country. He can flat out spin it, and you got to be able to run the football, right? This is the HBCUs brought you Walter Payton. Well, how about this name? Jamain Martin, running back extraordinaire from North Carolina A&T. He can flat out tote the football. He's going to be a problem. America, get ready for those names because they're big-time players. You talk about being ready. We're in Atlanta. We ready. Peter, are you? 
Y'all absolutely got me ready. I am fired up and college game day is going to be there. And I guarantee you four years ago when they hired Scott Frost over in Lincoln, Nebraska, they thought college game day was going to be going up there a lot. Well, coming into year four, not so much. Some trials and tribulations. And Gene Wojciechowski caught up with Scott Frost and asked him, is this the team that could get him over the hump? It was an exciting day for me. This is a celebration, certainly bringing one of our own home, a favorite son. We got the pick of the loop. The best memory I have is walking into the stadium, and there was a group of uh, probably 80 former players, and that meant a lot to me to have uh, guys that had, had played and uh, worked hard for the same team that I did. We're going to build this program back. It gives me a great deal of pleasure at this time to introduce the 30th head football coach at the University of Nebraska, Scott Frost. If I had told you that day that you would be 12 and 20 going into your fourth season, what would you have said to me? I would have been surprised. When I took the Nebraska job, I knew there were a lot of things that needed to be fixed. Uh, the ship needed to be righted. A disappointing loss for Scott Frost. Cornhuskers have now lost their first two games for the first time since 1957. Was there ever a point where you've looked at what you're doing and thought, how can I improve? The coaches are always looking for ways that they can do things better. Um, if you're not evolving, then you're stale and stagnant. It's been three years of hard work. Day by day, we get better and better. Our unity's better, our leadership's better, and our culture's better. Quick, Sam, how nervous were you before a week zero, week one matchup? Man, that was as nervous as I would ever been. I mean, it's the first game of the season. There's nothing more exciting, so I was super nervous. Des? I was always excited and anxious, but I always felt prepared. I was a college golfer. Like, my parents were in the audience, and that was about it. <laughs> so, uh, for me, it was easy. Guys, thanks for <laughs> watching College Football Live.